We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. We're looking back at week 13, ahead to week 14, and even looking a little bit ahead to 2019 on this edition of Road of His Overtime. Now let's kick it off. Hello everyone, you're listening to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by my co-host, the co-owner of Road of His Radio, Mr. Sean Siegel, the fantasy football contrarian, as many of you will know him as also Mr. Zero RB. But Sean, it was week 13 and uh, I did say, uh, I believe on last week's show heading into it, it is unlucky for some, uh, for people with superstitions the number 13 it certainly was an unlucky week for me because i crashed and burned nearly everywhere that i had uh, any fantasy lineups going this week so didn't uh, didn't work out all that well for me but it still was a fun week to look into uh, big changes around the nfl obviously uh, the packers making a decision at the head coaching position obviously affects me with my fandom uh, i also mentioned last week that i jumped aboard the colts bandwagon for the rest of the season that immediately led them to their worst scoring output of the season andrew luck had Three touchdowns in every game prior to this past week, in which he had, I believe, he finished with zero touchdowns. So, uh, not not a good not a good uh, output. 
from the Colts, but still a fun week, Sean. We've been talking about how fun it has been this season. So week 13, was it good to you? Was it bad? How, how was your luck in, in week 13? It was crazy. And we, I think, tend to think of the playoff weeks as being these main high-pressure weeks. But uh, in many cases, it's actually those weeks getting into the playoffs that have the very most stress trying to get to that point. I I tell you, I don't think I've ever had quite such a love hate relationship with a couple of particular guys <laughs> this week uh, and, and just such bizarre results. So um, some, you know, frequent listeners and, and readers on the site will be aware of the uh, dynasty best ball league that Ben Gretsch uh, set up for us last year with a number of the the higher profile writers or maybe not higher profile I, sh- I should just say very good and and fun writers that, that you may have heard of and I was able to have the high score this past week beating Pat Thorman who had the second high score so uh, you know one of those where uh, it wasn't the best matchup for him. But one of the more humorous things is that my three quarterbacks in this best ball league at this point, and there's no no in-season trading for this, uh, Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Alex Smith. So I, <laughs> I failed in my trade with Pat uh, before the season started. We were kind of going back and forth a little bit. I wanted to move into the draft and was looking to uh, – either acquire Garoppolo or Mahomes for Carson Wentz. Wentz with a little bit more value at that point and didn't hold out long enough for Mahomes. So the 33-point margin there with getting zero for my quarterbacks. However, as uh, some of you probably noticed, the Bears-Giants game was was one of the craziest. I happen to own both Tarek Cohen and Odell Beckham. So the situation there if if you didn't see this game not only did those guys do a little bit of their normal thing although for Beckham he was held down a little bit as a receiver but they both threw touchdown passes and that comes back to haunt me later uh some other fun things that happened this week moved back into first place in the MFL 10 of death for the first time uh since the end of week three Uh, Ryan Forbes and I are about 190 points clear of Scott Barrett in third there. So uh, we're like six points apart now. So that should be a good uh, head-to-head battle down the stretch. He has Todd Gurley. I've got the two superstar tight ends. So we'll see how that one works out. But the headliner was really the main event league. I've been keeping people informed of because, uh, of course, listeners are very, very uh, just – on the edge of the seat about someone else's fantasy. <laughs> that one trying to win. So most points wrapped up, best record, the tie wrapped up, trying because of this particular format to win best record free and clear, no tie, and needing 17.4 points from Zach Ertz on Monday night. Uh, they get down to the last couple of drives some weird incomplete passes. Where is Ertz on those plays? So this game ended 173 to 172.95. A tie would have worked any extra, just even passing yard Uh, or as it turned out, because my opponent had both Cohen and Beckham one less passing yard from a running back or a wide receiver 
would have done it for me. But very, very exciting. Lee can still work out. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the beauty of, of Monday Night Football. You can very, very exciting results down the stretch. And certainly even in garbage time, you're rooting for some very specific things to happen. Yeah, and when that happens, it's one of those things we did touch on it a couple of weeks ago that I, I, I lost a game late on Monday Night Football due to similar circumstances. But that the, the excruciating agony when you're trying to come back and you're that close or you're ahead and the person is getting that close to you, the feeling sometimes in your stomach is is not the most enjoyable but uh, that bears game against the the giants that you mentioned one i wasn't expecting to be that entertaining this past week but definitely turned out to be one of the best games of the week with uh, beckham and cohen both having those passing touchdowns so a uh, very very interesting game to watch all around but john let's get into the fantasy talk let's get straight into the second quarter <laughs> So, Sean, somebody that uh, you, you kind of first alerted me to him in the, the preseason. He wasn't somebody that was that high on my radar because the Broncos had drafted Royce Freeman and uh, the spot that they had taken him. And that, of course, is Philip Lindsay. What he's done over the past couple of weeks, over the entire season, uh, I guess we'll, we'll say, has been so, so impressive. And it kind of started week one, and we did talk about it. And I said, you know, is this going to continue the rest of the way? We kind of thought probably not, might have some big weeks, but... What he's doing now at the moment is, and, and I've mentioned it here in the show notes, is outside of Saquon Barkley, I would have to say that I would have Lindsay as my rookie of the year, obviously an undrafted player. Uh, I actually did read a report this week that I believe it was Miami that was interested in him and the Broncos, and he was actually frustrated that the Broncos didn't take him in the draft uh, because uh, he's actually from Colorado, and it was actually his mother that made him, uh, she wanted him to stay closer to home, so that's why he went to the Broncos, but he's landed in a spot where he's getting a really super opportunity, and he's really, like, just week in week out is uh putting up great numbers uh, 120 or 157 yards this past week two touchdowns 29 points in fantasy terms uh, what was your outlook of this game and just with Lindsay, like we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh you know rice freeman and i mentioned it that he's a buy low candidate in the off season but are we starting to get to a point now where Lindsay is just going to be the the main man in this offense and rice freeman has really got his work cut out to be the the backup in this situation I think so at this point. You look at Lindsay and the stats do tell the story clearly. But when you get a chance to watch him in the games, he's operating at a completely different speed to the other players on the field. Now, he's not quite Tyreek Hill, although obviously no one is. But when they pitch to him, he goes around the outside. He gets to the corner better than a lot of the speed backs that we've seen the real stars of yesteryear or even you think of of the guys today you think of someone like tevin coleman who has that outside burst uh, you think of some of the recent guys like a chris johnson who when he had the opening and no one could catch him Lindsay Lindsay looks faster than coleman tougher inside and has more tools to really be effective at the nfl level he's from colorado he played at colorado in the Pac-12, his last two years there, both 15-plus touchdowns. He finished with 117 college receptions. And then his testing in the offseason was as, you know, a borderline elite athlete. You know, you, you go to the objective information here and say, well, this clearly is a player who should have been on the radar. But then beyond that, the whole idea of scouting is that if there are players like a Philip Lindsay, who maybe don't have the numbers or are playing at a lower profile place than Colorado. This person may not have been playing in a power conference, but you should have them, you know, on your radar, get ready to have them on your roster, look at them in the draft. It makes no sense to me 
when you watch what he's doing at the NFL level, that, that he was not there because this guy has it all. Yeah, I believe he certainly does. And just uh, I mentioned no Royce Freeman in the split there, but uh, no doubt that it's just been a, a fascinating uh, you know, kind of rise. And in terms of, we're going to touch on the zero RBs uh, later on in the show, but a uh, special, special shout out to uh, Mr. Lindsay, who has just dominated from week one the rest of the way through. Something that we're going to touch on, I mentioned obviously earlier that the Packers making the change at head coach that did well they've they've <laughs> they've removed their head coach from his position they haven't really made the change as of yet but um with that in mind the result that caused that to be the the final nail in the coffin was the loss to the cardinals now in that cardinals game we did touch a couple of weeks ago on david johnson was the read david johnson back we thought we had something really solid going he did put up uh, sufficient rush yards this week but uh, did miss out on a couple of touchdowns that chase edmonds rushed in uh, you did mention in the 15 uh, about Troll City and I think uh, the, the main candidate and uh, only man in the population is Byron Leftwich after uh, the way uh, they, they changed the situation this past week. Uh, 21 to 7 in terms of touches but uh, all of the scoring chances going the way of Chase Edmonds. Did you have any David Johnson shares that really let you down this week? It's it's really just a purely bizarre situation in Arizona. They have really not looked good. Then they, they beat the Packers in Lambeau. The Packers looked atrocious. Uh, the, the coaching change, uh, it was that bad that they really ramped up that process. I do think they were going to wait to the end of the season, but they made the change after week 13. But uh, the Cardinals are really hard to figure out, and uh, David Johnson owners are in a really tough spot at the moment. They are. It's, it's hard to even decide what you would do now uh, for – for the coming weeks because this game really represented in, in many ways a breaking point where not only are they now using david johnson incorrectly i mean this game again was over and over uh, heavy package run him into the line when the defense knows he's coming it, it's one thing to occasionally have those kinds of plays and those kinds of plays i think will work for some teams when you do run other types of plays out of it and especially if you run those types of plays somewhat successfully you know if you can go heavy and then split out some of the tight ends or you have them run from that tight formation you know do a little play action none of that works when your running game doesn't work and none of that works when the style that you're using is not going to fool anybody or threaten anybody right we've seen over and over again and there's more good research all the time about the way in which the running game actually benefits from going to a spread formation or different types of formations where the defense has to spread out you know you have a bunch of blockers in there you have a bunch of defenders in there there's no work for the running back to run. I mean, you can have the defenders theoretically blocked. You can have a body on a body. And if there's no space, there's nowhere for David Johnson to go, right? We've seen with his 2016 season how dynamic he is in space. And the fact that you have this you know, 225-pound, 230-pound guy who has that type of lateral explosiveness, and when he's in the open field, what he does to defenders, uh, it... You know, it not quite Saquon Barkley. It doesn't remind you exactly of that, but he was doing those kinds of things before Barkley did it with even more explosiveness. But what the Cardinals are doing now, it doesn't give him any chance to do that. And so we've talked a little bit about it on the show. I've talked a little bit about it in some different articles, you know, chatting on the site and Slack, that kind of thing of, you know, does David Johnson even look at all like himself, right? So the usage is not there, but, he also just simply looks bad. And then that leads into what happened this week where Chase Edmonds was given the 
not exactly goal line, but the inside the 10 chances on two separate drives, the two key drives that led to the Cardinals winning this absurd game where both teams looked flagrantly awful and like they didn't deserve to be on an NFL football field. Uh, but the two key drives, they left their backup in there and he did then score. And so that starts to raise really serious questions of, you know, was this a fluke? Was this just a situation where they're like, okay, we've got him in there. He's made a couple plays, you know, David Johnson, uh, you know, <laughs> we're using him a bunch, no reason to get him worn out or hurt in a lost season. Or is this a little bit of a move where the coaches, without coming right out and saying it, are giving us a signal that, you know, we actually have more faith in the backup right now? Uh, did you get a chance to look at this? What, I, as someone who, you know, I had David Johnson on that big team that lost, so I'm, I'm invested there, but I'm also a huge Cardinals fan. Uh, D- David Johnson coming into the season was, was my favorite player. And so for him to look this bad and be in a situation where not only the, the offense is killing him, but, you know, potentially being supplanted in some ways by the backup. I mean, this would be like Todd Gurley getting replaced by the guys behind him or Wayne Gallman being left in to make the key plays uh, in front of Saquon Barkley. This was a bizarre and scary development, I think, in a lot of ways. It seemed to me like like obviously watching this game and because of the situation the Packers were in, I wasn't watching a huge amount of it. But in terms of highlights, there wasn't all that many from either side. Uh, was as you mentioned a kind of a run heavy game, and because of the weather conditions, made that fit into the the way that the game uh, kind of developed. But with it, I think this is probably a bit of a bizarre situation, just like you mentioned, where they've left him in bizarre situation where the season doesn't have a lot to, to play for but still he is the the lead back i would expect him to be in there and it just was a strange situation all around uh, they've kind of almost turned him into a legarrett blunt 2.0 the way they're using him like i watched some of the lions game this past week against the rams and you know they're just running him twice in a row into the wall of players and then they're just letting bradford get sacked on third down over and over again it's just something about the the two offenses uh, like that just do not seem to to make uh, competent sense but with david johnson i I still think there's uh, a lot of talent there a lot of ability it does show on some plays you kind of mentioned the todd Gurley scenario i would kind of liken him more to ezekiel elliott when you get him out in space there is that ability to make the big plays and can do the the running uh, the same between the tackles but I think a lot of it comes down to the way the offense has been set up. I think the season just got so out of hand early on for the Cardinals, and I just think there's a, a bad vibe all around. Maybe there's an injury that he's carrying there, but um, you know, I would still be looking to uh, target him heading into next season. But where we would have had him this year heading in at that early first round, probably in pick three or four, I think next year he's going to be probably pick three or four of that second round, or or possibly even later. Is that where you kind of would have him at this point, or would you have him even farther down? I think. He's still, based on what he's done in the past, likely to go kind of that that turn at the the first second round at the end of that round. The you know we've talked a lot this season about the number of players scoring at that twenty point per game level, and with the depth that we're seeing, and and most of those players can be expected not necessarily to score twenty points a game, but to again be very good players in 2019 so i think that we could see johnson falling further especially if they don't write the ship now you mentioned bradford there Uh, that slip of the tongue i think is very appropriate because uh, the cardinals went into the season wanting sam bradford to be the quarterback absurdly right they made so many personnel decisions that made absolutely no sense 
the report came out this week that probably everyone in Arizona was going to get fired. They unfortunately then managed to beat the Packers. But again, if anyone watched that game, that's not going to change your analysis of either the coaching staff or the front office in any way. I was watching the uh, the Houston game with some friends and the hunting badger came on, made a couple of big plays and and you know, someone's like, ah, you know, he, he he's here in, in Houston and and you know, then the discussion of yeah, that you know the Cardinals had to cut him so they could so they could sign Sam Bradford and then someone else like, oh yeah, those all those guys should keep their jobs. And so it, a situation in Arizona that has deteriorated so quickly and I think from time to time, people get this idea of, okay, well, it's just not that talented a team. But when you have a Larry Fitzgerald, you know, you have a Christian Kirk, or you did until very sadly, uh, the broken foot there, you have a David Johnson, there have to be some things that you can do. Now, they have a terrible offensive line, but again, and that's directly on the front office where their moves have made very, very little sense. And the, the team construction there around some of their stars has been very unfortunate. So hopefully we'll see not just the Packers, but the Cardinals go in a different direction. Now you've mentioned the Packers. You're a Packers super fan. What are your feelings on the move that they did make? Obviously, I think most people felt like this had to happen. And I mentioned in my article that there was nothing flagrant or blatant about what Aaron Rodgers was doing. Um, But his body language obviously isn't great his incomplete passes now here's a guy who just simply refuses to throw interceptions but his incomplete passes uh were perhaps a little petulant in this game uh not particularly near some of his receivers you know weather's bad receivers are dropping balls but it certainly wasn't the kind of performance where you got the impression that he's out to to really save his coach's job and in some ways this is it if you look at his 2018 numbers, there's nothing that's going to jump out to you and say, well, Aaron Rodgers is having a disastrous season because of what either the coaches or the front office have done. On the other hand, he's now in what I would call a, a four-year mini slide, right? Where his numbers are great for everybody else, but maybe not great for Aaron Rodgers. You start with his second season from 2009 to 2014, and he averages a little over eight and a half yards per attempt these last four seasons is just a tick over seven so even though a lot of the peripherals are still good touchdown percentage interception percentage those types of things he still scores well in fantasy he's now on a, a fairly extended run of not being you know what he once was which was really patrick mahomes right and so was this a move they had to make is it fair to mccarthy with all he has accomplished and with this kind of move can we assume that they're going to select an innovative coach, maybe not go the defensive route like the Cardinals, like the Lions, uh, like the Titans have done, and you know perhaps disastrously compared to you know what we've seen with the Rams and Bears. Well, what like I wasn't any anyway surprised. What I was surprised was that it happened this week. I thought they would wait to the end of the season, but I think in terms of if you look at it from a perspective of what you want in the off season, I think doing it now makes far more sense uh, gives you a kickstart in what you're looking to do the interesting thing is going to be as to who they take into replace i'm like I, i've said for probably three or four years really dating back to when they lost to seattle in the nfc championship that mccarthy's play calling has always kind of been an issue that he's had and 
it's been something that's just gone on and on and on and and really it's a situation as well when you mentioned those four years like if you look outside of Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams Randall Cobb has really had a outside of his early years in the NFL has been either inconsistent or injured uh tight ends always been a position uh, that they've struggled a bit with since Jermichael Finley got injured then they had Jared Cook last year who was sufficient but uh, obviously they didn't keep him they kept or they went and got Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has been a pretty much a, a massive uh, bust in terms of what he's done for the Packers. So they haven't really had a running back position uh, filled there. They now have Aaron Jones, who I think is extremely impressive. So it's, it's really been uh, Aaron Rodgers and whatever he can do. So I, I think it's the right decision. I think it'll, it'll help Rodgers. But I would like to see somebody come in uh, from a, an offensive side of the ball. But I would like to see somebody with experience. And that has been talked about. You know, Bruce Arians said that the only team he'd be interested in managing if he came out of retirement was the Cleveland Browns. I certainly think he would be an interesting fit there as his offensive mind. I've always been impressed with what he's done when Carson Palmer uh, was with him. He obviously helped, uh, you know, a veteran quarterback there to have uh, one of, some of the best years of his career. So I think something like that would be uh, a, a, ni- a nice move for the Packers. But really and truly at this stage, I have, I have no idea what they're going to do outside of injuries this year. I actually thought the defensive side of the ball was uh, quite good for the Packers, and it's going to be interesting to see if they. they I, I think they they're likely to go offensive uh, mind here, but the other thing is that uh, how much of the offense are they going to change up after Rodgers been in the league for so long? So it, it's going to be one of those interesting ones, and uh, I just think it, the time had come. It's probably I would say two years too late. They they managed to make the playoffs, and then Rodgers was injured last year, so they've kind of hung on in there. But I think this this has been on the on the cards for for a long long time. So. Uh, not, not overly surprised yeah the best case scenario for Rodgers would seem to be something similar to what we saw with Peyton Manning when he moved to Denver and and clearly with the Packers it will not be a, a team change but a coaching change and uh, in Denver there they really emphasize the things that Manning uh, wanted in the offense was very good with and built elite players around him the Packers have some guys to build with there. Uh, the new coach, if he can bring in innovation and meld that with what Rogers' preferences are, then you could see the kind of season from him. You know, we've had this gap now between his very, very best seasons, but certainly uh, no reason to believe that with any sort of boost from the personnel or from the play calling, from the offense, from the scheme, you know, certainly if you if you have what the Rams and the Chiefs are doing and the Rams and Chiefs have talent, but they also have fantastic scheme that they're working with there. You know, every time that you look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing and I mentioned this in the 15 that he now is ahead of the best seasons of all time in terms of he's slightly ahead from a fantasy perspective and some other numbers perspectives in terms of the guys, Tom Brady, 2007. Peyton Manning 2004 and 2013 and then Aaron Rodgers 2011 doesn't necessarily have that uh, those crazy numbers like those other seasons because he sat out in week 17 when Matt Flynn had the gigantic game if you add those numbers to his then you know you you have him in that category Mahomes just ahead of those guys and then you think in terms of what Andy Reid did with Alex Smith you think of what he did uh, in Philadelphia with Donald McNabb now he gets a quarterback who's a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, Andy Andy Reid is the, is the second best coach in the NFL. And certainly there are a lot of young coaches who 15 years from now, we might be saying similar things about them. Certainly you would think that Packers job would be very, very appealing to all of those best minds. So it, 
unless they don't do the process the way that you would expect, I think Packers fans can be very excited about what the future holds there. So guys, I've been mentioned on pretty much all season long that the show has been brought to you by MyBookie. I hope you've checked in and tried them out uh, so far. If you haven't, obviously there was the massive opportunity on Thanksgiving for the kind of no-lose, no-risk betting situation they had there. But uh, still offering all our listeners a 50% sign-up bonus. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. MyBookie is one of the best bets I know you'll make all season, and I recommend them because at Rotoviz here, we do really trust them. MyBookie has been in business for years and they've got great online reviews and their mobile app is super easy to use. You can also make sure you're following at my at BetMyBookie on Twitter or Instagram. They're uh, doing some personal uh, giveaways to people who are interacting with them on Twitter or on Instagram for free bets and different bits and pieces. They've already given away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season log in to my bookie right now and don't miss out on your last opportunity to get one of the biggest bonuses in the industry 50 percent sign up bonus just for using the code rotoviz once again that code is rotoviz you play you win. this episode is brought to you by decoy wines of sonoma california as you gather with family and friends this summer experience the best of wine country with decoy by duckhorn Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. When you get paid. So Sean, jumping into the third quarter, I mentioned earlier in the show we were going to talk a little bit about zero RBs. One of those guys this offseason was Tariq Cohen. Uh, You mentioned earlier with the passing touchdown that he had this week. And uh, he has really, in the last couple of weeks, uh, picked up a lot in terms of his usage, both in the run game and getting back into work with the passing game. And it looked like a couple of weeks earlier in the season, like they were almost phasing him out. But uh, he he is really going strong at the moment. Tariq, Cohen as a zero RB candidate uh, what's your thoughts heading in uh, to 2019 with somebody like him and uh, how impressed have you been over the last kind of six or seven weeks with his performances we've talked a lot and, and continue to talk on the show about these smaller backs with the elite speed and he's the perfect fit for what teams are wanting to do in in contemporary offenses and i was mentioning that they the bears probably should have tried to get him involved a little bit earlier now he did get some touches in the first half uh jordan howard involved their number three running back involved a little bit more than seemed to make sense although you know there may have been some little nicks or dings or that kind of thing that you know as the public were were not aware of but 
Cohen is is one of these main guys for me where I have him on a bunch of teams and then you know you run against him as an opponent in the leagues where you don't have him at the key moment and so uh, even though I needed him in a variety of places I was actually rooting against him pretty hard in this game wasn't watching this particular one it wasn't part of the the 10 game binge that I did on Sunday and things seem to be going pretty well, right? I'm, I'm following along and on the crawl, you know, you see Jordan Howard, you see Alan Robinson, who I, I was playing and, and Alan, we can congratulate him. Didn't have a big game. If I had gone with Jarvis Landry instead, uh, everything would have been fine. But within the context of the very mediocre game he had, he made a couple of fantastic catches. So anyone out there still trying to play Alan Robinson, there is a little bit of reason for hope especially with Trubisky hopefully coming back but Cohen not showing up not showing up not showing up and then boom all of a sudden 12 receptions for 156 yards and the reason here is that all 29 of his second half fantasy points came in the fourth quarter and overtime and then obviously also throws that touchdown pass to Anthony Miller making him the ultimate weapon one of the interesting things about these plays you see his efficiency numbers in terms of the 12 receptions, but then 156 yards, right? And if you didn't get a chance to watch, I did go through and, and watch this later as I was waiting for those last moments in Philadelphia to tick down, timeouts lasting forever. He switched back, he switched back. And Cohen, these receptions down the field, and it actually could have been much bigger. He was open for a touchdown in the first half where Chase Daniel barely underthrew him, and the pass was picked off by Ogletree in a fantastic, you know, one-handed snag interception. But Cohen showing that he can run the ball, he can make these short and intermediate plays, and then is a, a weapon down the field. And again, at this point, if he can get the usage, there is not that much that separates him from an, an Alvin Kamara type player, a Christian McCaffrey type player. And, you know, those, those are a couple of our very favorite guys. Now with what they're doing so far and with the way that they waited until it was the fourth quarter and they were desperate, you know, that's, that's not a great sign. If you're a fantasy owner, you want all that volume. You want them to use him to blow teams out instead of to come back. But I think the good news here is that this type of profile with the deep receptions as well and the speed where you know what are the big plays they have fourth and one early they go to cohen they need to come back late they go to cohen they need a trick play uh, down by the end zone and you know who can you put the ball in their hands to where you're going to all have the defense suck in on him and have an easy uh, touchdown pass cohen so he is the star for the bears and i think we can hope to continue to see him involved more and more earlier in the game yeah and i think when you talk about zero rb candidates you're always talking about somebody who can uh, obviously first of all outlast their adp but the main thing is that they have an opportunity to outscore who the starting running back is in that offense and when you look at this situation uh, there was a lot of people at road of his predicting that he would outscore howard this season but uh, he is almost uh, an 80 point lead in ppr formats where he is now the running back 10 on the season but he also leads him in standard by 32 points which uh, is, is quite surprising um you know overall based on how we expect howard to be used but there are signs that howard 
may not be long for the Bears the way uh, they've started to use uh, both running backs in this situation but you mentioned Alvin Kamara and he is kind of the player that I think that he he fits the mold off probably not not quite as uh, tough between the tackles but in terms of his uh, usage down the field and how he can be used as a receiver definitely uh, as an option there uh, just electric when he gets the ball in his hand so I think it's a, an apt comparison between the two you mentioned Christian McCaffrey as well and he just continues to have monster monster games for the Panthers and the Panthers seem to not be able to uh, be able to win games even when he has those big days so it'll be interesting to see if the, the Panthers can start to control a few of these games if he still is getting the same amount of points but uh, he continues to have it up monster numbers as well so when we look at the fourth quarter Sean we're talking more about the zero running back candidates but obviously it's something that has been linked with you for for quite some time but sometimes people as we've mentioned on the show miss out on the actual uh, reason what uh, or kind of the reason or the kind of belief behind what the the zero rb is and they they think that it just means certain things that it technically does and we get into the debate every off season but some of them obviously not getting the the kind of credit that they deserve you have somebody like james connor who has obviously got injured this past week but at james white we mentioned cohen philip Lindsay. there's some of these guys that are really just uh taking some of your teams to the fantasy championship this year so uh, do you think this has been another year where zero rb has proven its its worth and it's a, a very viable strategy or do you think we, we could have potentially had more success than we, we have had with with some of the players that have possibly uh, uh not not produced what we thought we were going to produce this is my favorite season right probably the favorite season that i've ever played partly because so many players are scoring so many points but partly because until the last couple of weeks really with things starting to tick up melvin gordon you know james connor uh certainly the real killer for me this week was the matt Breida injury and not knowing first of all the game started a little bit later but then also not knowing that he was hurt until after the game started right uh in many cases owners probably had some other options or would have had some other options if he gets hurt at any other time so we have started to see a few injuries impact the fantasy uh landscape certainly aj green owners you know devastated where he comes back in and the you insert him back into lineups and then you basically get a zero i think he scored uh, just over a point and now obviously won't be available for the postseason but to have so many players scoring so many points and have so many of these top guys stay so healthy has made this the dream season and certainly when we talk about zero running back one of the things that we look at is this idea of players being able to emerge who weren't expected and you do have the enhanced injury rates at running back and that's something that factors in but it's something that i always try and emphasize that we're not rooting for and one of the the great things we've seen this season is that you don't need injuries for it to work right now you mentioned that cohort of players who scoring near the top obviously you don't have Gurley as a late round guy you don't have Barkley you know you don't have Kamara you don't have McCaffrey but you do have players who are scoring at this range who will allow you to win and you also have a lot of depth with that right now 12 of the top 24 running backs were drafted outside of those high leverage rounds so a ton of guys to fill in i mentioned the mfl 10 of death i think the only the only real criticism that you would ever have is if someone goes in with this idea of using zero running back and using it so strictly that they forego just blatant values and 
every once in a while, I, I like to use your running back in industry drafts to show how it can work and why it would work and just the structure of it. And so every once in a while, I'll pass up some values that I probably otherwise wouldn't. And the MFL 10 of death was an example of that where Christian McCaffrey actually fell uh, to me toward the very end of the second round. He's someone that I really think, and was starting to be drafted like this uh, by early september i think christian mccaffrey was a mid to late first round pick you know even before we found out what he was going to do this season so to pass on him there and take stefan diggs now taking diggs you know that's hardly anything i'll ever complain about you know probably my my other now with david johnson doing what he's doing you know diggs is is the the favorite so that that's a pretty good consolation prize but occasionally if you aren't flexible then you could lose out on a Christian McCaffrey type of value if drafters let him fall to that point. However, this lineup is still in first place again because of what it allows you to do. And I know that team has the double tight end, what we've seen with this 2018 season. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz give you this huge advantage. If you have them both in a best ball league, then it becomes this gigantic, gigantic advantage. And again, the, the advantage that zero running back gives you is this super lineup at the other positions that doesn't even necessarily need the very elite running backs to work. So in this particular league, I've got uh, just straightforward busts in Ronald Jones and Jamal Williams. And then I've got guys who are putting up just enough points to get the job done in Tevin Coleman, Chris Carson, and Austin Eckler. And so we see that a variety of lineup constructions can work. And I think that's what has made 2018 so fun is that you could get there in a variety of different ways, as opposed to people coming out and having just these sort of cherry pick uh, season or situation where they can say, well, only this worked this year or only this worked this year. And that's because it, it's, it always is the only thing that works or is the only thing that's smart. And this season it has shown that that's not the case. And so I, I have really enjoyed how it's played out. Are there some guys in this group of 12 who are in the top 24 or just in general that you have been excited about that you have on some of your teams or guys that you really lament having taken perhaps like a ronald jones uh well i i didn't take many of the, i actually didn't take any of the rookies this year i did end up with some jabal williams but he was a little bit lower down so i wouldn't put him in that top list but i have quite a bit of james connor uh, any league that i took uh levy on bell i, I uh, like I, I think if you look back now anyone that drafted bell and didn't draft connor and those kind of you know and the nearly in the 20th round or after uh, that was a really bad decision all around so he's somebody who even in the leagues i didn't take bell i was taking him a couple of rounds early just because i thought if anything happened to bell and the way he's used that uh, it would give that opportunity so him james white was another one i had white and barkhead and a lot of teams obviously barkhead's been out injured for quite some time did come back this week but james white is helping me in a lot of leagues and uh, one player i wish i did have more of that i've really enjoyed watching i've used in dfs over the last couple of weeks is philip Lindsay. so no doubt when we get into looking at next season some of these guys i think james white's probably another one that still won't get the the kind of respect he deserves probably will still go in the you know closer to the 10th round than he will to the the fourth round so it's gonna be interesting to see how these start to shake out as we look ahead to next season but uh white and connor have been two that i've really enjoyed watching this season and I, I just like watching uh white just for his you know pass catching ability very exciting but Lindsay, i would think just talking about running backs that were in that mold earlier 
uh, this offseason. He has been somebody whose development has been has been truly exciting to watch. And I think too, it, you know, it, it it is fun at this time for us because if you are a Rotoviz subscriber, these guys were all people we talked about, you know, on the site in the various articles. Lindsay, you know, again, I mentioned that great work from Blair, but he was on the the watch list for the zero running back candidates. And so, you know, if you had him there and you either drafted him in the twentieth round, if maybe you were in a later draft, if you're in a sixteen roster spot format, then you were grabbing him after week one because you knew to make him your priority. We talked about how Connor was one of those handcuffs you should look at because he could finish as a running back one if uh, something happened with Bell. Uh, perhaps probably thinking in terms of of an injury because as many people have pointed out what bell has done this year and holding out has made absolutely no sense in terms of his career his uh finances all of that kind of thing but certainly you know that was even though i think a small probability most people would have said because again what he did didn't didn't track didn't make sense uh but with connor you had someone who you know, if not for the just the amazing season of of Todd Gurley, you know, not just a running back one, but the running back one. And you know, James White, Terry Cohen, we talked about them a lot on the watch list, these guys. And, you know, again, mentioning Blair and some of the work that he was doing with the wrong read. If you are a fanatic about that article, and if you're not, I would say it's, it's my favorite article on the internet. And so, you know... I'm obviously biased. There's a ton of great information out there. It's no disrespect to to all of the other fantastic articles on our site and, and on the, the wonderful sites across the web. But on the wrong read, you know, talked about Nick Chubb and, and how that historically has worked out. And and Chubb is is on my key teams. And when you look at the top 24, you know, you're looking full season. But if you look at the impact of a specific guy. At those most important times of year, you know, you have Chubb right in there as someone who is now scoring a ton of points and carrying fantasy. And, you know, even even right up to the end, you could get Chubb in the 11th, 12th round, or maybe specifically at the end when it became clear that Hyde was going to be the guy to start. You, know, you could get Chubb virtually for free. And so to get that kind of guy, we had mentioned him as someone who could do the David Johnson thing uh, from several years ago. For those who don't remember, we're getting a little bit foggy about it, maybe especially now if you've watched in the last couple of games. Uh, before his fantastic 2016 season, David Johnson had actually come on at the end of his rookie year and carried teams in the playoffs that season. So hopefully we see that from Chubb. And these these are running back guys. Very exciting this year. And, and certainly I would give thanks to Blair, give thanks to the other guys who wrote these articles and let the readers know about the opportunities that were going to be there for some of these players. I think that's been a huge win for, for site readers. So Sean, jumping in now as we get ready to wrap up the show and over time, we are going to look at a little bit of fun. We're looking at who is your MVP for the season. I think it's the one that everyone's going to probably jump on is Patrick Mahomes. I think it's very hard to argue against that. Uh, Drew Brees has been having a really super season, but uh, you know, a couple of question mark games in there where he has really failed to deliver including the, the game against the Cowboys uh, in week 13 Philip Rivers has been a lot of fun to watch this season probably hot on the tails of Mahomes so I guess obviously this award often comes down to how teams finish that season uh, I think it's really hard to go against Mahomes so we'll probably try and uh, go without him as the, the lead candidate but who would be your MVP at this stage with a, a couple of weeks left in the season 
uh, I think it'll be. I think Rivers would probably be the, the next in line for me. But anyone else outside of Mahomes, or are you just saying it's Mahomes and you, you don't really care who else uh, has a good finish to the season? <laughs> it has to be Mahomes. But I was mentioning that in terms of going after these records, I think that Andy Reid will put him in that situation. But also, uh, it's it's one of those deals where there's good and bad to it if you're a Chiefs fan to watch the Chargers rally back you know to see the Patriots right there to see the Texans right there it looks like it could go down to the last week in which case there won't be any question about whether these top guys sit and so having a week 17 that's a throwaway week that's no fun for anyone right so if we're going to see Phillip Rivers playing in week 17 to try and not only perhaps jump the chiefs for the playoff spot but also to win the mvp you know that'll be fantastic if we see mahomes going for records while he's also trying to secure the number one seed in the afc playoffs for the chiefs you know that'll be absolutely fantastic right away we're getting into a game this week where uh, huge playoff implications huge fantasy implications with the chiefs against the ravens and i think this is mahomes chance to really seal it now breeze i think was close before the the thanksgiving dud but i mean how the thanksgiving dud the thursday night dud um but with how well everyone else was performing you just you can't have the one bad game at this point uh philip rivers looked like he was going to go away and then you know rallies for this uh, almost impossible victory so so he's right there but mahomes you can almost get rid of the very end of the season if he can blitz the Ravens this week. Now, the Ravens, we saw what they just did to Julio Jones. Jones had those two early catches and then completely and totally shut down and just swallowed up by the Ravens' defensive backs. Uh, Ryan continued to target him. Six more targets, a defender all over him every time he tried to make a catch. Uh, As a Tyler Boyd fan, I was watching – closely a couple weeks ago when boyd had that same thing every time goes up has his hands there the pass is there and the ravens are in on that play and so if mahomes can blitz this team then i think it's over now he hasn't really struggled with anyone he took apart the jaguars took apart the broncos a couple times the broncos numbers now are not all that good but they certainly have some elite individual defensive players uh but the Jaguars did slow Mahomes down compared to some of the other people. Now, we saw what the Jaguars did to you know your new guy, Andrew Luck, this past week. Um, fantasy owners will want to see if Mahomes can do the same kind of thing in this defensive matchup that he has been doing. And certainly for the Ravens, you know it's, it's a big game with playoff implications. So I'm really looking forward to this one as perhaps being the game in terms of a variety of things, playoffs, MVP, certainly fantasy. Mahomes has been carrying my teams, uh, obviously a lot of these teams in the playoffs. Even with how many points all the quarterbacks are scoring, or not all, but so many of the quarterbacks, Mahomes is still really separated, right? So if if you're looking at a one-week matchup with Mahomes, or you're looking at a three-week race for the grand prize money, week 14 could be a big deal in terms of this game. Are there any games like that or players like that that you're looking at for next week? 
Uh, the only the only player that's not not a quarterback I could see that could end up uh, having you know ha- having the MVP would be uh, Todd Gurley. Obviously, he had a week two two weeks ago uh, or pr- prior to the bye actually against the Chiefs, where he had uh, his lowest score and output kind of the season, but bounced back in a big way against the uh, Lions this past week. So I could see a situation where if there was a drop off of any kind by Mahomes, you could see him sneaking into it because he's just put up uh, incredible numbers, and I do think. Obviously, if it went the way of the Rams being the best team in the NFL uh, at the end of the week 17, I think we could see a situation where it would go to the running back. And that would be the only situation where I could see it going to a non uh, a non quarterback position. I, I think uh, Drew Brees has had those couple of slower games, and uh, I think it would be between uh, Mahomes and Rivers, as I mentioned. But I could see possibly Gurley if he had another couple of multiple touchdown games sneaking in there but it would it would take a, a slowdown <laughs> it would take a, quite a quite a slowdown uh, in a couple of games here from from Mahomes for that to happen you mentioned Gurley and he was another one with an interesting week where uh, with even seven minutes left in the fourth quarter he hadn't done that much and then the Lions completely fall apart and let him get a couple touchdowns late for anyone who had a close game with Gurley and you see him have that breakaway run on uh, the oh, yeah. <laughs> final series and then he runs parallel to the end zone the lions guys are trying to tackle him he goes down and at some point it seems like the coach has explained to him this isn't exactly one of those situations where you need to do that if we go up by two touchdowns here uh, we'll, we'll have this game and so if you dodge the bullet with him running parallel to the end zone only to see him score a couple game a couple of snaps later uh, that had to be a real dagger but certainly with what he's been doing you know his owners deserve it he deserves it he he has looked fantastic yeah and that was one of those it almost looked like a, a madden play where you're trying to kind of irritate your opponent where he, he was running across but he was just kind of begging somebody to tackle him so it was a one of the more unusual plays of the season but uh still got in the end zone as you mentioned a couple of plays later and as we get ready sean to wrap up the show i want to give a quick plug as always to the road of his patreon page uh, it was myself hosting solo this past week had a lot of fun answering some questions before the games kicked off uh, this coming week will be myself and dave cabin answering your questions so be sure and tune in as well to tune in and get the four shows per month uh, you all you have to do is subscribe to the patreon page that gives you access to all of those shows and it is a lot of fun as we do it on a weekly basis answering all the questions before the week's action the other thing i want to give a plug to is as always is the discount code for the rotoviz website that is the nfl pass that you get access to for the discount just for being a loyal podcast listener uh, and all you have to do is head over to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast and with the end of the season almost here it is still a great time to sign up for that get all the great articles that are coming out as you get ready for the playoffs and also for the new season and it's never too early to start preparing for the season ahead as we as uh, as we kind of prove as we we talk about it on each and every show looking ahead to 2019 already but sean with that done is there anything else you want to do before we wrap things up today just to mention to listeners if you are a listener of the show or some of these other fantastic road of pods and have been considering uh, signing up for the site but are not a subscriber this really is a fantastic time to do it because we're getting ready to transition into the 2019 season and yet we still have the good late season discount both for a one year or a two year subscription so you get this great discount we're getting ready to start doing the bull prospect preview series so you'll be learning about those top college players how they fit as prospects uh, how that will impact your dynasty teams and then just a whole raft of dynasty content prospect content draft content 
coming up, the types of things that we tend to get, you know, a real subscription rush for. If you decide to, to, you know, really pull the trigger early, you're going to get a great discount at this time. And then certainly uh, the extra discount as a podcast listener. So I would encourage you if you've been considering, this is a great time to do it. Great Christmas present. And, you know, we're having a lot of fun with folks down the stretch here in this 2018 season. So uh, those are, those are things to look forward to. This is the best time if you're a listener who's been considering the site. Yeah, and it's always that thing of, uh, you know, there's a rush to get presents for other people for Christmas. Don't forget about yourself. Make sure you get yourself that Rotoviz uh, discounted subscription. And again, that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. And with that, it's going to do us for another edition of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, who you can follow at FF underscore contrarian. And until we're back with another show next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.